Hello and welcome to episode three of season one of the Chippewa Herald Sports Podcast. I am Chippewa Herald Sports Editor Brandon Berg, and I thank you very, very much for joining me this week. First of all, I want to thank everyone who listened to our first full-length episode. That was episode two, which dropped on Memorial Day, which was a, a conversation I had with the Chippewa Falls football coach Chuck Rakovich. We went into the double wing offense, were able to kind of you know, dig deep into into some of the the principles and, and the and the things that help make that offense thrive. And, and Triple Falls certainly is well known for their double wing offense and their success with it. And you know, I really appreciate Coach Rakovich taking the time to you know to answer some of the you know some of the deeper questions I had about it. Not just beyond, hey, why do you like this? It's a matter of you know the 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 subject like you know what makes this work. What kind of players do you look for? Um, how how you kind of keep it fresh? He was able to you know talk a little bit about how he's you know constantly looking for new things to implement. He doesn't want his he doesn't want to become predictable out of the offense. And there's and it was a really I, I really enjoyed it. And I know I got a lot of it. And I hope you guys did too. I really appreciate the feedback you've been leaving me on the first few episodes so far to go along with our intro that we dropped earlier on in May. And uh, right now, if you if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the Chip World Sports Podcast pretty much wherever you, you, you find your podcast, be it Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. You should be able to, to, to find those there and subscribe there. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to get them sent to you when they drop during our seasons. These are going to drop on Monday morning. So wake up first thing to start a new week, and it, it should be there waiting for you. So otherwise, we will be having a player up at our website, Chippewa.com, that you'll be able to listen to all new podcast episodes in. This week I'm excited. This is a, you know, I mentioned kind of with, with Coach Rakovich that, you know, he was really one of the first people I wanted to talk to, and this this person was another one. Uh, the, our guest this week, Kat Hansen, the volleyball coach at Chippewa Falls McDonald. And Kat, you, you can really, you can make the case that Kat has been around the McDonald volleyball program since she was born because Kat's mom, Deb Racer, founded the program in the mid-1970s and built it up into a WISA state champion um, help you know the team made the move as all the other private schools did to uh, the w- WIAA at the start of the 21st century. Deb passed away suddenly in 2003. Cat went on to have a um, great college career at UW Stout before returning to the program following graduating from McDonald to coach it beginning in 2008. Uh, in 2009, she led the team to a Division IV state championship and has led the team to two uh, state tournament bursts during her tenure. She coached the team through 2011 and then left before returning in 2015 when she and her sister Carrie had a three-year stretch as co-coaches for the team before Kat reassumed the head coach position in 2018, and that's a spot she still holds to this day. Um, under on, you know During um, the time under Kat, they have won five regional championships, a pair of conference championships. I mentioned the two trips to state, the Division IV state championship in 2009, and you know really... One of the things I think you'll find with some of my episodes here in the first season is I one of the things I find really interesting when it comes to sports is the connections that families have, be it with a program, with whatever. And you, you'll see that with some of our other guests, including my guests I have lined up for next week. But you know, in Kat's case, you know, growing up around the sport, you know, I kind of get you know we get into the, we get into the conversation about what's it like you know growing up around the game when. You know, volleyball is just kind of, you know, second nature. It's just that thing you're always around. And, you know, some of the, you know, some of the challenges that came when she returned to the program, if, you know, if she felt the pressure 
of you know coming back to lead the program that her mom built from scratch and took to you know the highest of highs, winning state championships. You know, she's also during her tenure, she's coached alongside her father, Steve, and her sister Carrie. So what are some of the the unique things that come with coaching along with family members? You know, we talk a little bit about what made that 2009 championship team so special, as well as the 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 pride that that, that family has for the pro, a program that is really a perennial contender. You know, every year it seems like you know McDonald volleyball is a program that is contending for you know it's contending in the top half of the Western Clover Belt. It's contending for you know deep postseason pushes in Division Four. So. We're going to go now to my interview with Kat Hansen and stick around. Once that interview is over, I will also give you a sneak peek at our interview for the fourth episode from season one. And here we are on the uh, Triple Herald Sports Podcast. And my guest today is the uh, head volleyball coach for Triple Falls McDonald High School, a state championship Volleyball coach for McDonald High School, uh, most recently a regional champion, led her team to the uh, second ranking in the state in the Wisconsin Volleyball Coach Association uh, state poll. But more importantly than that, I think uh, someone from a family that has probably one of the more unique stories you can find when it comes to a legacy within a sports program, and that's Kat Hansen. Kat, thank you very much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm excited. All right. Well, um, for those of you that are listening that may not be familiar, the uh, the Raisler family is about as entwined with the McDonald volleyball program as any family I can think of for any sports program when it comes to high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. And that may be a little bit of a hyperbole, but I just can't think of anything else offhand. Uh, I guess a quick background for for our listeners. Cat, uh, maiden name Raisler, her mother Debbie founded the program in the mid-1970s coached it up until her unfortunate passing in 2003, won a Wissa State Championship in 1999. Uh, a few years after her passing, um, Kat returned to the program, took over the program as head coach in 2008, led the program to a Division Four state championship in 2009, coached the team to 2011, returned to the program in 2015 to co-coach with her sister, Carrie, to take over for their dad, Steve, who had led the team in between there. And Kat had took over as the head coach again in 2018 and has led the team as the head coach the last two years. So, um, Kat, kind of a, a simple question leading off here, but um, I imagine it's pretty safe to say that you and your sister pretty much grew up around the sport of volleyball. Ago. What was that like for you growing up around a program that your mom built from scratch? We didn't know any different. It was just what we did. We went to volleyball games. We went to practice. We went to people's houses who were volleyball players or parents of players. It was just what we did. Um, it was part of who we are as a family. It's part of what my parents valued and developing more than just the game. It has brought so many relationships into our lives because of that. Um, I often remember running around the gym, chasing balls, sitting in ball carts, um, you know, lots of different things that just happen on a day-to-day basis that when your parents are coaching, you entertain yourself in a gym and find lots of ways to probably cause some trouble. And I think anybody that ever goes to a McDonald volleyball practice or a game, as I have gone to many over the years, will see your kids running around. So safe to say that you you were pretty well doing what your kids are doing right now when it comes to the practices and the games? Yeah, they, um, they don't know any different either. 
I know that when my sister and I were younger, we were able to stay at the babysitters a little bit longer when we were younger, um, stay through practice a lot. Our kids have always been around. Um, and I don't know that's a bad thing. They don't know any different. Once in a while, they complain about having to be there, but when we go too long without it, they're missing it and wanting to be back in there. So right now in this lockdown that we're in, um, they're missing volleyball as much as we are. And I guess at a young age, did you know, when did you know that coaching was something you wanted to get into? You know, I never really thought about it. Um, I knew that volleyball was a huge part of me. Um, without that in my life, I struggled a little bit. Um, coming out of like my first season in college, I coached a club team out of Eau Claire. And I did that for all four winters, and I loved it. Um, it was a way for me to share my experience, share my competitiveness, but more so it taught me different aspects of the game. When you're playing it, you see one aspect and you see one um, relationship or aspect of the game. And when you're coaching it, you see a whole nother. So it, in those first couple years, it made me a better player that I coached. And then after, after my career, I, I just missed it so much that I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And you played collegially at UW Stout. So uh, backing up a little bit, uh, what year did you graduate from McDonald? I graduated in 2003. Gotcha. So you were, then you would have been, uh, were you a freshman or eighth grader on the 99 state title team? I was a freshman. Gotcha. So, and, you know, I imagine just kind of quickly touching on that, that was almost, I imagine in many ways, just kind of the the culmination of a lot of things for your family and for your mom, because as much success as the program had had, that was kind of the, was that, is it safe to say that was kind of the getting over the mountain kind of point? Yeah. And, you know, I remember vividly a lot of that season. I was a freshman. There was a very strong senior group. Um, and I remember just being around that group for years prior to me entering high school. And they had worked so hard together. And my mom had been to state so many times that, you know, and been close and probably lost to Regis. <laughs> um, but there's so many pieces that I can look back on and reflect and how that was a huge moment for our family. You know, my dad and myself being on the bench and Carrie playing and my mom coaching it. And it was a pretty surreal time where, like you said, it kind of brought everything full circle. It was a pretty neat moment. And, you know, when you look at the just the overall coaching tree, so to speak, of the McDonald program as well, I mean, there's been five coaches that have led the program, four wrestlers, and one was Denise Boos, who had, you know, a, a strong five-year run there leading the program. It was a longtime assistant for your mom. So it, it really, it's it's been kind of a, a pretty tightly intertwined group. Yeah, you know, and Denise was someone that played for my mom, learned from my mom, coached similar to my mom, um, had very similar values and what was important in the course of a season. And, you know, my dad was the same way. So... It, the whole program since the 70s when my mom started it and built it has had this philosophy and this certain philosophy has allowed all of the successes that we have experienced. 
When you returned to the program in 2008, did you feel any pressure when you took over the program? I know obviously you weren't directly taking over for your mom, but it was a program that your mom you know, and dad had built from scratch. You know, I mean, the answer probably is no, because I was stubborn enough to want to be my own person. And at that time in my life, I was very confident in my coaching abilities and my competitiveness that stemmed from the passion of the game. Um, And I knew that I could never be her. So I was able to separate that um, into this is what she did. I grew up from her and had her as a role model. I was able to emulate a lot of those things and understand what was important in building a team. But I also was able to step back and say, this is me and this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I know how to coach, even though that came from her and my dad. And I kind of paved my own way, even though there's probably a lot of similarities in there. And you mentioned that you guys kind of had some similar um, principles, I guess, some certain kind of building blocks, things that you guys always harp on. I guess if someone if someone were to ask you kind of what are those things that you you guys always want to make sure that you can have sharp, that you, you know, your main focus is for your teams every year? You know, I think our number one is that kids need to be selfless. And there's so many lessons that can be learned in playing sports and playing volleyball. And the number one, I think, is that you don't always get what you want. You don't always get to choose what you get, when you get it, how that looks. And you especially can't compare yourself to others. So I think that we have tried very hard and been pretty successful in creating a culture where the individual does their best. And our job is to evaluate kids, to put the best kids on the court, because unfortunately that's part of the job. Um, But we also work really hard on helping the players understand role acceptance, because that's a huge lesson to take away in life. I mean, that goes so much further beyond athletics. And I hope that when people look at our program and look at me as a coach, that they, they see that aspect and they remember that. I know that my competitive edge takes over sometimes and I lose track of that focus. Um, But at the end of the day, when I'm able to reflect on that, I think that it's such an ingrained piece of me and our program that it always comes through. What are some of the biggest things that you learned from your mom and your dad that have kind of helped you on on the floor as a coach? You know, I think... Um, one of them is definitely that you do your best and you can't control the rest, that you might be a naturally athletic kid that is going to get to play all the time, but you need to realize how good you could be if you continue working. And, the you know, vice versa is true. You could not be the most athletic kid, but work really, really hard and earn that spot. So I think the mindset of being in a small school and not ever writing a kid off. Kids surprise you all the time. And to treat every kid that they, as they are the best and the most valuable person in your program and help them to feel that, I think is one of the most important ways to build the trust and build that family-like feeling into the program. 
and you're also someone that's in a bit of a unique spot too because you played for your mom, played for your dad, but now you've been able to coach with your dad. You've been able to be a co-coach with your sister, Carrie, I guess. What are some of the biggest things, the biggest experiences, the biggest positives that come with that? And maybe also some of the things that, you know, took a little getting used to. Well, my dad and I are very different. Um, I am very animated on the sidelines. I'm thankful I don't have to watch myself out. Um, It just kind of happens. And my dad is more relaxed, sits back a little bit more, and carries the same way. They are intense nonetheless. It just looks different. Um, So I think that aspect is very different. But I think it balances itself out. My dad is the first one to probably remind me of what's important when I get caught up in the moment of a game or when we have tough conversations that we need to have. Um, You know, he's a person I lean on. When I'm picking teams at the beginning of the season and those couple days are so rough, you know, you're going to break hearts and there's just hard decisions. And he's the one there to help remind us and put stuff in perspective and that um, opinion and perspective is so appreciated because I know that he's got so much experience and that comes from him and my mom. And then when it comes to your sister too, I guess I'm trying to remember offhand how much, you know, I know obviously she had playing experience, but as far as coaching experience goes, when she kind of moved back to the area and you guys took on the uh, the McDonald job as a, as a tag team, so to speak, I guess, what was that like? Because you had not, you know, you obviously you were, you were teammates, you were siblings, but you know, you, I don't think you guys would have ever coached together before. Yeah. You know, it was a challenge in the aspect that when I'm coaching, I'm used to doing it my way and I'm used to not really communicating as far as with other coaches, aside from what the drill is. Um, I just kind of go and do it. So it was an adjustment period for me to have someone there. You know what? In my previous coaching experience, I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have someone else at every practice. Um, During games I did because I had my dad as my JV coach and I mean, those pieces were there, but during practice and the everyday of the functionality of the program was different. And we had lots of conversations, and Carrie and I are very different as well. So sometimes those conversations were hard to have, but we're both really good at communicating, and Carrie was very effective at sharing her opinion and allowing me to be me and you know, have control where I needed to have control and I was able to release the control where she could have it. So it worked out well. Um, it was different, you know, and it's different now that she stepped away to be with her family more. That's different too. You mentioned earlier that you were a little, you can be a little bit more animated while your dad and Carrie can be a little bit more reserved. I, I guess, which end of the spectrum would you say your mom was on? Um, I would say she's like me. She coached in the rule or the day when you were not allowed to stand. And you certainly could not go close to the court. So when I'm coaching, I'm as close to the court as the ref will allow me to be. The rule is six feet. I'm going to stand as close as I can until they remind me to get back. It's just a natural instinct. And my mom was very much like that. I vividly remember some refs telling her to sit down. And I remember when... I was probably in middle school, and I'm sure it happened multiple times a year, but when Denise Boos was coaching underneath her, my mom would stand up to 
to communicate to a ref or to communicate to a player and Denise would be behind her pulling her shirt, sit down, sit down. So I think she was very much like me and the animation that I have and the excitement and the compassion and the competitiveness, I think, comes from both my parents, but it is expressed more like my mom. So um, I guess it's kind of a vague question too, but how much pride does your family take in the legacy you guys have and are continuing to build with the McDonald program? You know, it's like I said before, it's all we've ever known. My mom came from Superior and came into McDonald as a teacher and a coach and built a program where there was nothing. And she found success very quickly. I remember the story of when she first started coaching her first practice, she went in and that was back when you used to call it bumping. And she had told the girls to go bump and they looked at her and said, what's a bump? They had no idea how to pass the ball. Needless to say, they were not very successful that first year. But after one year, I believe they won a conference her second year. So she had a, an innate ability to connect with kids and get them to see a bigger picture while developing the skill. And I think for our family, that's always been one of our goals. It's fun to see people come back and hear stories about how my parents impacted them as coaches. You know, and that's something that I am hopeful to do. I know that I probably started coaching for selfish reasons. I missed the sport. I missed playing. I missed the competitiveness. Um, and now as I get older, I still miss playing, but it's so much bigger than that. And I enjoy the challenge that every team presents. And I think that McDonald is known for the race, their name when it comes to volleyball. And I am honored to be a part of that. And it's just a pride thing that we don't really think about it. It just is because that's all we've ever known. But when you reflect on it, it's pretty incredible. And my, I guess my what I want to finish up here tonight with is I mentioned earlier that you know your state championship coach two thousand nine McDonald won the Division Four state championship and you know that I imagine in some ways like how ninety nine was kind of a getting over the hump year for your mom. How much was two thousand nine that way for you in that two thousand you know with with the with with the dissolving and just everyone coming together you know the WIA it was almost in some ways you know you're, you're starting over you're you're seeing a bunch of new teams you're you know things are different and that program keeps getting getting built up to the point where in two thousand nine you you guys go and, and you win a state championship and you do it with you know your dad on your bench with you I guess what are some of the biggest things you remember from that year and you know that and things that stick with you still today you know it it didn't feel real and in that situation i remember people messaging me you're ranked number two in the state you're ranked number one in the state and it just didn't feel real i feel like we as a program have been so close so many times with one team ahead of us in the state and you know we lose on the way to state and I feel like it's just one of those things where we've always had the taste and been very successful, but just never gotten over the hump. And that team was a special team. Um, they defined what our philosophy is. They were able to put themselves behind the team. And that is one of the most trusting teams that I've ever coached. They just played well together. They didn't 
worry about calling each other out and hurting feelings. They didn't um, worry about the cattiness that girls can sometimes have. They just played together. And, you know, so when people would message us about being number one in the state and we went to a tournament, I think the week before playoffs started and we just didn't have a good day. We were playing okay, but we just not great. We couldn't get over the hump and we lost to Rib Lake. And we lost, I think it was, we lost by two points, maybe 27, 25. We won 28, 26 and lost like 16, 14. So it was a super close game, but we just didn't play well. And that's who we played in the sectional final. And I'm convinced that had we not lost to them two weeks prior in a match that we didn't play well, we wouldn't have rebounded the way we did. That was a huge moment in our season and showing the resilience of that team that that loss propelled them to bond even more and grow together. And, you know, I'm like, I have goosebumps talking about it. That team was just a special team, and we were able to experience so much with them that we ran, you know, we rode the adrenaline train for a couple weeks there and soaked it all in. And looking back at some really precious memories that we'll always have. What goes through a head coach's mind the second they win a state championship? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, It sounds awful to say, but when we were in that match, the championship match, I had a good feeling. We had played Newman a couple times prior to the state championship, and they knew we were the better team. We just had to play better. And I really had the trust in our team. So I don't think it was ever that. It was, I didn't realize what was going on. I mean, you're so caught up in the moment. You don't think about the magnitude of what just happened until the next year when you watch someone else win a gold ball. And then it's when it sets in and, oh my gosh, that was us last year. You know, and that's that's what it looks like. And it was crazy. Our semifinal match was one of my favorite matches I've ever coached in. Back and forth and... Five. We both both teams gave up runs and caught back up, and you know, I mean, our team. I think about that, and our team just had some resiliency at the end. We just gave up a five point run. We were up fourteen to nine and made some not smart plays, and finally got a ball set out to our little five three outside who swung hard and put the ball away. And our middle Sarah Shook went back to serve, and she had just made three hitting errors in a row, and I called an aggressive serve for and she got an ace you know so I mean you think about that and people have often asked like right after that why did you give her a short serve I'm like I didn't think about it I didn't think about her missing I thought about this is her most effective serve let's go hit it you know we didn't have anything to lose so I think in that perspective there was no pressure on us we just played and that made it all the better it was so surreal that it was we just played and it was it was perfect all right. I guess then finishing up, you know, is there anything else in regards to kind of your family, its legacy with the McDonald volleyball program, your love for the game of volleyball in general, anything else of that nature you think is, is important for people to know that I, I, I might've forgot to talk to you about? You know, I just hope that people can look at our program and not only see success, um, and, but that they can see beyond the rankings that they can see that our program is unique and special and it's special to be a part of it. And I know that's hard to understand when you're not a part of it. Um, 
but it's something that you feel when you are a part of it. And our family, my personal family, you know, Dwayne and myself and the girls, McDonald Volleyball is us, you know, and when we can incorporate my dad and my sister into that and bring all of the McDonald families, it's a special thing. And I'm blessed to be able to lead that program. I'm blessed to have parents and athletes and assistant coaches underneath me. You know, all of my coaches have played for me or for my dad. And it's impressive that they come back. We don't pay a lot of money. Um, so it's impressive that they come back and want to be part of that program. And it's all what makes McDonald Volleyball what it is. All right, Kat. Well, thank you very much for joining me uh, today. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for taking a couple minutes and being able to walk down memory lane a little bit and give us a little bit of an insight to, to what it's like to be in a volleyball family, what it's like to not know any different, as you like to say. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's kind of, kind of fun to drive down memory lane, and I don't get to do that very often. All so right. I appreciate the opportunity. And there you have it, my interview with McDonald Volleyball Coach Kat Hansen. I want to thank Kat again for taking a couple seconds to chat with me about herself and also the, the legacy her family has and continues to build with the Max Volleyball Program. So we are going to finish up this week's episode with a reminder that if you have not done so already, you can subscribe to the Chip World Sports Podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. And when they drop first thing Monday morning, you'll have it sent right to you. Otherwise, we will have a player available up at our website, chippo.com, that you can listen throughout as new episodes drop. And I want to thank you all for, for joining me this week and listening up for this episode. I'm going to leave you with a little sneak peek of what we got coming up next week. My guest for our it's the fourth episode, but the third full episode, is New Auburn boys basketball coach Keenan Dahl. And Keenan is someone that, like Cat, like you know, some of my other guests you'll hear a little bit later on this year, you know, shares a family connection to the sport, to sports in general. But uh, he has mentioned he's the uh, longtime New Auburn boys basketball coach. But the topic we're going to get into is uh, multi-sport coaching at a small school. And myself growing up and going to a a small high school in Thorpe, you know, it's never uncommon to see, you know, the same person coaching more than one sport, be it as maybe a head coach in one and an assistant or in others, or in, in the case of Keenan, as a head coach of multiple sports. He has led five different New Auburn sports during his time at the school, the current boys basketball coaches I mentioned, also cross country and track and field, as well as uh, past with football and softball. So, um, you know, we were able to kind of get in not just about the successes that they had in basketball, you know, multiple conference championships and, you know, a lot of really good things in the, you know, in recent history for the Trojans, but also kind of how the, the advice he would give for some, maybe some younger coaches or some coaches that were looking into, you know, how do you balance your time when you're trying to you know balance more than one sport? And, and also maybe some of the, you know, the, the challenges that came with, you know, with kind of maybe building up some of those programs and, you know, specifically when it comes to softball, that was a program that, you know, when Keenan took over, there really wasn't much in the way of a of a history with as far as just, you know, they hadn't been around that long. So, you know, we're going to leave you here with a, a little tidbit from that interview and, you know, maybe some of the uh, unique circumstances he came across when he first, you know, took over one of those programs. This is a pretty funny story. My, my first year there, we come to the first practice and... I had 15 girls out, 
nine of the 15 girls said to me on the first day of practice, when do you give me your glove? When, when, when do we get our gloves? And I, I just kind of laughed and I'm like, uh, so I, I knew what we were dealing with at the time because, you know, clearly you would bring your own glove to a, to a practice like that. And mm-hmm. so we did some, some kind of scrounging around and I think we had five or six gloves at my parents' house and couple friends and we we got enough gloves for everybody and put the you know so everybody was was outfitted with a glove at least and then we kind of started building from there so so that was actually pretty rewarding to to have a winning season and and get a playoff win in softball 